Welcome back to another episode of the Scores Table. We've got a good episode here. We have we have about three episodes worth of material here. Julian, how you doing? Yeah, was good. Everybody was good. Was good. Was good. You mans are back. A little bit of a hiatus there. Sorry about that. But yeah, I'm feeling good today. I've got my bandana on, looking like Nikki Jam in 2003, Florida <laughs> Marlins jersey, Joel Santana. I'm all I'm, I'm on my throwback shit today. But you know, I'm still looking marvelous, jawline intact. Um, okay then. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah we, Will, we, Will's we, girlfriend is on her makeup grind. I will say, actually, shout out to women everywhere because a little known fact about myself, sometimes I will watch like a ma- makeup t- t- tutorial on YouTube out of respect because girls have it's, to, it's like, it's some effort. It's like multiple layers. You go, it you, is, yeah. You first layer, your second layer, and then you put like the shit on the second layer. Yeah, no, shout, shout like out to them. It's impressive. Like, yeah, it's, it's art. <laughs> it really is art. It actually is dead ass. All right, let's get it. Let's get right into it. Yeah, so. Yeah. So before, yeah, before we, I just want to quickly apologize. We had some issues with our uh, with our uploading, and the website we used to upload our podcast went down for a few weeks. And because of that, we actually recorded, um, we actually recorded and just wasn't able to post it. So, mm-hmm. really quick, before we get into the main thoughts of what this podcast is going to be, out, we're going to just spend a few minutes on each topic that we talked about in those. That way, you still get the full scores table experience. Starting mm-hmm. off with the Lakers hiring Frank Vogel. Go so, I, I'm, yeah, I'll go ahead. First, I, I, I think that Frank Vogel is uh, a very nice coach. Like, I I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't know if I'm a huge Frank Vogel fan, but he's a, he's a good coach. He's, he's done it. He's, uh, he, he took that Pacers team that was, I, I'm not going to say that they weren't talented, but, you know, he did a very good job with it. And like we said um, in the episode, we weren't able to post. Um, <laughs> Will, I'll tell you out for this. Um, you said he's a very good manager of personalities. Yes, he and is. And I yeah. think that was a fantastic way of putting it. But at the end of the day, Jason Kidd is now the, the, the second in command yep. for the Lakers coaching staff. And that's just hilarious because – Vogel's head is going to be on the chopping block immediately, and it's because of LeBron being friends with a guy who has shown to be an incompetent head coach before. Yeah, it's so. tough. <laughs> it's tough because I think I think Frank Vogel's a very good coach, um, okay. and actually, I questioned why he took this job from when he took it through us recording uh-huh. until actually yesterday when I heard a quote from Lawrence Frank. Ah. If you are not a player in the NBA and you are and you are a head coach, you don't get more than two opportunities no matter how good you are. Good point. And I hadn't and I didn't think about it that way. So shout out Lawrence Frank, he's right because he's he is right. Uh-huh. I mean, you you look at you look at every coach that's a multi three four time head coach, they're former players. I I I really can't think of a lot of coaches who got like multiple chances at being a head coach that wasn't a former player. That's a it's a fantastic point. Um, and I would say that the problem with Vogel's tenure, though, what, what what it's going to be, I guess, is the Lakers. As as we saw, the news came out yesterday that they're not actually intending to replace Magic Johnson's That's position. So Rob Palinka is just going to be reporting to Jeannie Buss. Rob Palinka and. Uh, while uh, uh, accompanied by Kurt Rambis in his breaks when he's not watching porn on his computer, not using oh Google Chrome <laughs> incognito, which he needs to do. Anyway, um, <laughs> so those two guys are running the show there. And Rob Palenka, I mean, obviously he was Kobe's agent. He's got experience in the NBA field, but like, yep. this is who you want? No, it's tough. It's tough. And, and 
I think the Lakers have shown a level of incompetency that they haven't ever in their in their franchise's history mm-hmm. recently. And I think that Frank Vogel is a very good coach, but Frank Vogel will not get the chance to coach this team. I agree. Um, and and honestly, and I want to say this now, so I don't con- so hopefully I don't contradict myself later. Um, you can't. I'm not going to judge Frank Vogel by whatever happens over these next few years, if it even goes years, mm-hmm. because from the second he walks into this practice facility on day one of training camp, Jason Kidd is right there, and Jason Kidd is the coach that LeBron wanted. Yeah. And it's tough for him, and, and you saw this with David Blatt and Tyrone Liu. You saw this, you saw this with Eric Spolstra in the beginning in, in Miami. Mm-hmm. LeBron wants his guy, uh-huh. and I feel bad for Vogel because he's not going to be given a fair shot, but that's just how it is. How many weeks do you give it into the season? This is something we talked about before. Um, how many weeks into the season do you give it before the first rumor co- or the first leaked story comes out of LeBron is only talking to, Fra- to Jason Kidd? He's, he hasn't spoken to Vogel in weeks. In this, in this mathematical equation, which I'm heavily... I'm heavily factoring in the idea that I think the Lakers might not be off to a... I mean, obviously, this all depends on the offseason, but if the Lakers yeah, get yeah. off to a slow start... Honestly, I'm talking Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, a that's nice entirely Christmas, fair. A, a nice Christmas gift to the office of Frank Vogel. I wouldn't be shocked. Just because of the, the incompetence of the Lakers, like we previously said, if he got a firing notice. Just because, like like, like you said, it's there's a target on his back from day one. Like, his replacement is there. Yeah, it's like, I think it's like, I think, it's like if I think you're he makes it. In, it's like if you're married to somebody and their their girlfriend, and you know who their girlfriend is. Like, <laughs> like okay, if, like, if you're you getting mean. cheated on, and you know who the person's cheating on with, that like if you mess up, they're just gonna replace you with them. Obviously, that's not, I'm not advocating that that's wrong, but you know, just 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 an analogy. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying was, anyway, that's that's, yeah. the, that's the uncomfortable position he's in, and as a head coach, you wanna. A successful head coach can instill a culture there, and yep. I don't think he's going to be allowed to do that. He's yeah, and I think that he could instill a culture if given the opportunity. But I just I don't I don't I don't see how he wins in this situation. I'd love to be proven wrong because I like Frank though. Next topic that we want to quickly get to, uh-huh. we want to talk about Kyrie Irving and Terry Rozier's just buffet of ESPN <laughs> interviews. <laughs> so. So let's start off with Kyrie before we get into Terry Rozier because I have some Terry Rozier thoughts. All right, today 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 a report comes out that teams are quote wary of chasing Kyrie because of everything that happened this year Uh and his role on and off the court. As they should. As they should. I have spoken to many Knicks fans. I have spoken to many Celtics fans. And I've spoken to a few Cavs fans. And a Nets fan. And, and a Nets don't fan. Get it, right don't get there. it twisted. That's it was right. in Brooklyn. Right. Brooklyn. <laughs> and it's shocking that because it's it's very fair to say Kyrie Irving is a top 12 player in the league. Yeah. Maybe top 10. Uh-huh. It's I have never seen people just not want a guy on their team like this. Celtics fans don't want him back. I mean, you, you, listen, you listen to any Celtics podcast and everyone is just like, uh, like, like, yeah, you can't lose the asset, but like, God, I don't want him in my life anymore. He's every, a, let me, let me, let me. Every let me, Knicks he, fan is just like, ooh, how about Kemba? 
bank camp of forty million dollars when he's thirty three years old. If, ah, if, if, if Durant we'll is there, if Durant is there, I don't mind that just because it's it's valuing winning now. It's a, it's a risk that it's if you're the Knicks and you essentially traded and you traded your best asset in Chris Depps Porzingis for cap space for this opportunity. You can't just turn your nose away from this opportunity. At the end of the day, the Knicks are they need any help they can get. Yeah, this is not. And, this is a beggars can't be choosers situation. I think that the only team that can comfortably max Kemba is the Knicks, and that's only if Durant is there. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. But, but, but just and and it, and it, he will be overpaid. There is yes. no, there's no scenario where he is not overpaid. Mm-hmm. But it's worth it if you're competing. Mm-hmm. It's easier to manage that way. So in terms of Kyrie, though. Mm-hmm. The only team that he can really go to that won't kind of kill his rep or that that I feel like he can go to that the fans will be okay with is the Lakers. And the Knicks. The Knicks fans will talk themselves into it. Let's be honest. That's, that's true. That's the Knicks true. fans will, yeah, yeah, you're going to see Kyrie Irving on Madison Square Garden. You're going to say, yeah, yeah, I think I think we're good now. I think that that's what that, Knicks fans will completely justify. It. Same thing with Jimmy Butler. That the being Knicks said, fans will talk themselves true. into almost any free agent this summer. That's a fact. That's, maybe, yeah. But Kyrie, where do you think he should go? Where is the best case scenario for him as a player? And where is the best case scenario for for his legacy? I think a one-year deal in L.A. for the Lakers. I think that is actually because I, I – He can't honestly, afford a one-year deal. He's on yeah. tooth and ice. Think, what do you think, think about, about – think, think about Kyrie's injury history. Think about all of the shit that he went through this year with, with his personality and leadership. He needs to get his money now. The next team he goes to is the team he finishes his career on. I agree with that. Actually, the one team that I – if I were him, I would look at the most – the problem is, is that I feel like they they might have already one max slot taken up if Kawhi leaves, but the Clippers. Yeah, that's where I would look if if I were him. As far as you've, even if they didn't trade for an Anthony Davis, you still got Shamet there. You've got Trez. You've got Lou Will. You've got Gallo. You've got yeah. fantastic supporting cast with that owner, with that front office. That's yeah. that's where if I were him, I would want to go first. What what about what about where's best for his legacy? For his legacy, why not his legacy? The Clippers haven't won shit. Okay, then that's fair. They're a great, they're they're a great I organization think, now. But the, what, fuck if they won for his career, for in terms of where he'd fit the best, yeah. I say the Lakers mm-hmm. because he can just go right back into being LeBron's sidekick, and it's what he experienced the first seven years of his career or whatever, and he's used to it. Yeah, because for, Kyrie this season proved that he's a shitty leader, a dickhead. And, uh, and you really don't want him as your number one option. Bingo. Couldn't have said it better. That being said, for his legacy, he has to go back to Boston. You think and so? And as a Celtics fan, I don't want this. I do not want this to happen. Uh-huh. I am saying right now, and and again, I fully acknowledge that if he, re- if he re-signs with Boston, I will talk myself into it. But right now, God, I don't want to see Kyrie Irving in a Celtics jersey again. I have never hated the team like I've hated this one. You know, I don't think you know this movie. It's called Waiting to Exhale. But it's like uh, Whitney Houston and, that, and, and shit and Angela Bassett. And it's like a bunch of fed up housewives who are really mad at their husbands. And there's one scene that turned into a meme where Angela Bassett, deadass, she like sets her husband's car on fire. That shit blows up. It's looking <laughs> crazy. 
She's got the keys in her hand. Yes, girl. Yes, Angela Bassett. That's what Kyrie did to the Celtics. And yep. that's kind of what Terry Rozier is doing as well. You can't, yeah. you can't, Angela Bassett in that scene couldn't have, and I, not that I know this movie really well, but like she couldn't have gone back and said to her husband, well, honey, you know, I'm sorry about that. Uh, I know you have insurance. I mean, let's, let's make this work. <laughs> you know, you can't yeah. do certain once, things where you can't go once back. You set, what, yeah, once, once you set the house on fire, you can't go back. Yeah, you got it. So, calling the, the fire department only does so much. You still got like a bunch of fucking charred wood. You know? Yeah. So, <laughs> so here, here's the problem. And and actually, yeah. Let's just let's just segue right into Terry Rozier. Uh-huh. Um. But or sorry, just to quickly wrap the Kyrie point. He goes back to Boston. It's good for his legacy. It shows. Yeah. You know what? Things got tough. He wants to stick it out. He wants to be a leader. He wants to build a championship culture and do things the right way. Uh huh. So, that's that. <laughs> um, that being said, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope he goes to the Lakers or something. I don't have to watch him again. And so, I do not want him in Brooklyn. I do not want him in Brooklyn. Not at all, so now, bro. Now, Kyrie, now Kyrie, we don't need you. Yeah, now, let's let's talk about, now let's talk about this just absolute... What... The, what, did he lock his agent in the car during all this? <laughs> there was no... So, so Terry was yeah, here. He put his agent in like the Hannibal Lecter shit. Put him in the straight jacket, yeah. got the mask on. <laughs> basically, Terry Rozier went on every single ESPN talk show in one day. Yeah. And said some very questionable things. Um, first of all, he complains that in practice, they practice usually starters versus bench, which is how every team practices because that's how it is. Even in NBA 2K. Yeah, <laughs> starters versus bench. <laughs> yeah, it's just like that's how it is. That's how it is with every team because you want to build the chemistry. So Terry Rozier is saying, you know, I build this chemistry with these five guys on the bench, and then I go in and it has some of the starters and some of the bench, and it's nothing of what I know. Is Terry Rozier advocating for hockey style substitutions? <laughs> <laughs> what team in any? What team in any level of basketball has he been on where it's five men, five men in, five men out? <laughs> it's just it's it's insane. Like what what the fuck? What are you talking about, like, Terry? Was it? Like like you're not used to playing with Al Horford because he's a starter? Like what? And and if, if he really so let's 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 go with his point for a second. So huh? Like wow, the Celtics must have. So, so you're saying that like when Terry Rozier was with, was in with Kyrie and Al, it kind of screwed with him a little bit because it's someone he was used to. So what happens if you take them out and now it's just Terry Rozier? Oh, what's that? They have the worst offensive rating in NBA history. <laughs> it's Terry just... Rozier. Here's the thing: there's certain oh players fail the eye test, and certain players fail the statistic tests. Terry Rozier is a player yeah. who failed oh. both. He failed both. When Terry Rozier, and here's the thing, because because of Will, and I love Will just angrily texting me during games. It's always <laughs> I, always such a fantastic amusement. Um, so okay. I watched a lot of Celtics, and every time Terry Rozier and or Marcus Morris got subs into the game, ninety percent of the chance of the ninety uh, percent of the time something bad happened. Sometimes something yep. good happened, and then four bad things happened. Yeah. So yeah, and actually, I don't. I, I don't. I'm not trying to throw you under the bus here. I'm trying to explain a situation here, and it and it redeems you in the end. All right. You used to be a big Terry <laughs> Rozier fan. Yeah. And I and told you. Thing, I'm still and not, I told I'm, you. Yeah. 
I'm still not, I, and I don't take that back at all because when Terry Rozier came off the bench, like as a third string point guard, I was like, wow, Terry Rozier, he looks pretty good. Yeah, because you see highlights and stuff, and he looks good. And I told you, watch Terry Rozier during the game. Yeah. And then what happened to your opinion of him? Okay, here's the thing. My opinion of Terry Rozier was actually still pretty high at times oh. last year. I, I was still like, you know what? I think Terry Rozier is a, star, a starting point guard in the NBA. Like, I, I did have some Terry Rozier stock, and then I saw, like, five games this year, and I sold that shit quickly. I, I got yep. I got up my Wolf of Wall Street shit. I sold that stock. <laughs> I got that. <laughs> so, so, so the next Terry Rozier quote that I like. All right. The ball is sorry. Quote: The ball is in either Kyrie or Gordon or Al's hand most of the time. So I feel like Terry Rozier is just in the corner or on the bench. Well, you should be on the bench. No well, shit. First of all, first of all, he talks about himself in third person. Who do you just... think you are, Terry Rozier? Who do you think you are? Of course, now, it's in their hand. You're Terry Rozier. They're Kyrie yeah, so, Irving. Yeah. So he talks about how he made the biggest sacrifice. I'm going to read you a stat here. Okay. This is number of total touches this season. Kyrie Irving, 5,000. Actually, I'm just going to round here to make it easy. About 5,100. Okay. All right. Al Horford, 3,900. Okay. Gordon Hayward, 3,200. Mm-hmm. Terry Rozier, 4,100. Whoa. Terry Rozier had the second most touches on the team. Terry, if you double Jalen Brown's touches, that equals Terry Rozier's touches. Jalen Brown had about had about 2,200 touches. Terry Rozier had double him. You know, we so talked about... So Terry Rozier had the second most touches on the Celtics. In playing, playing only... I should have pulled this up in front of me. Uh, playing only... 22 minutes a game. Wow. That's a lot of touches. Man, Terry Rozier, here's the thing. I'm going to quote the great LeVar Ball real quick, Will. All right, great. Stay in your lane. (laughs) Stay in your lane, my guys. Terry Rozier, you you haven't proven. Actually, here's the thing. Terry Rozier has had success, and that is something. No, he hasn't. That is a theme. Well, no, he did. He was a good part of that conference uh, finals. Can I read you his stats during that during that year? I'm not. I'm not saying that he was a massive part, but at the end of the day, he has technically he has had success. He has been the starting point guard on the team in the conference championship. Obviously, the entire season. But I'm saying that you know he he's enjoyed the taste of the big time. So I do understand that it, it must be a transition to go back to the bench, and that was something that obviously was such a huge theme in the Celtics season. You see, fucking there in my mind, there's only one player on the Celtics that has any right to complain about sacrifice, and that's Jalen. Jalen and Semi Ojale. No, Ojale, I don't. I didn't want him in the game anyway. But yeah, but on, he did sacrifice a lot. He was in like he took a lot of minutes last year, and he he uh, got really minimized this year. And I'm not saying Semi Ojale is the greatest player. In- um. Alive, but you know he he definitely did make a sacrifice. I'm just saying, technically, technically speaking, you know. I mean, he only played two less minutes per game this year, but really, yeah. Damn, I feel like I never saw him out there. Yeah, he uh, yeah, it just he wasn't um. Last year in the playoffs, he played 12 minutes per game. This year in the playoffs, he played eight. Um, in the regular season, he played 15 last year, 11 this year. Now, regardless, I agree with you, though. Regardless, about, yeah. Uh, uh, about, like, Jalen Brown. But yeah, Jalen is the only one I got anywhere to complain. So let's, let's go into the next topic, though, just because mm-hmm. we got to rattle through these quickly so we can get to the main part of this topic or yes, main sir. part of this podcast. 
Houston Rockets, they lose to the Warriors. They lose in a series that was pretty exciting, but it really wasn't all that close. They lost four games to two. Durant goes down. They didn't capitalize at all. Yep. What's next for Houston? And, and, uh, and apparently what's next for Houston is they fire their defensive coach, Jeff, and I'm going to butcher this last name, so I'm sorry, but Jeff Bezelik, I think is how you pronounce that. I don't know what the hell is next, because here's the thing. Daryl Moore, obviously one of the top GMs in the league. There's no doubt about that. Yep. But I, I just don't – honestly, I just don't understand this defensive coordinator. Like, what, what did he do? I thought his game plan against Golden State was really good. And on top of that, this is the guy. This is the guy that they begged to come back because he retired last year. Yeah. And they begged him halfway through the year, Jeff, please come back. We'll make you associate head coach. We'll give you a raise. We need you back. Mm-hmm. And then they just fire him now. Yeah. And, their it's defense, and also, their defense was a lot better once he came. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best defensive minds in the NBA. Um, a lot of teams should be calling him to see if he wants to come to them because Sean Marks, Sean Marks, my man, my man, my main man, Sean I, I Marks. Feel, come I feel on, like, bro. I feel like he probably just goes back into retirement because that is what he did last summer, and he only this came is, back because they begged him. But well, here's the thing, Jeff Jeff Bezelik, New York is the greatest city in the world. Brooklyn <laughs> is even better. So here's we'll the thing: you, you can either you can drink mojitos on the beach, you know, enjoy your retirement money. But here's the thing: you can also eat jerk chicken on the go, block go, in go, Flatbush. Go, Go sit on the Coast beach and uh, go go sit on the beach in Coney Island, bro. Serious, Coney Island is slept on. Also, you know, you just need to get you need to get away from the part where like you know they got like the crack pipes and shit. You need to you need to get on oh, the. Yeah, just... <laughs> hey, so Jeff Zelik, come to Brooklyn anyway. I anyway, it's, it's just a I don't I just don't understand this move by the Rockets. I mean, maybe maybe there will be more details that yeah. um, that come out in the future. But um, yeah, I wonder. I wonder if we like see some details. Like he wasn't. He was kind of wavering on coming back, and they, and they wanted the commitment now. He wouldn't give one. They decided to just try to find something like that. But as to what your question is, it's what what's next for the Rockets? Essentially, maybe a Capella trade, maybe an upgraded backup big man. Because now my man Nene is retiring, but. It's just going to be a lot more of the same because they're stuck with Chris Paul and they got James Harden. So yeah, and I think I think the back. next year I think next year is their year even more so than these last two have been because I don't think Durant is back in Golden State and I think that opens up the conference. Um, I think that they definitely need a backup center. They definitely need just more someone for off the bench who's capable of consistently putting up points or something. Um, Two people that I would look at if I were them. For center, I'd look at Dwayne Dedman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for a backup guard of some sorts, I would look at uh, someone like maybe even Jamal Crawford. Like, I know he's getting older, but that dude can still get buckets Jamal when needed. Jamal Crawford is getting older. <laughs> Understatement of the century. Well, yeah, but you know <laughs> what I mean. I mean he, he, dropped, he, dropped, he dropped 50 points in the game this year. Yeah, but like Jamal Crawford, like how many minutes is he really going to give you? No, I mean, I mean, only eight or something, saying, but like, I don't know. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, you know, obviously Terry Rozier is 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 he's, he's available. They could get him as a backup guard. Uh, when, when a <laughs> so bunch he doesn't of want to be a backup. He's made that pretty clear. <laughs> yeah, well, have fun in Phoenix, Terry Rozier. It's gonna be a ball with you, Robert Sarver, Devin oh, Booker, God. and like Dragon Bender. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I just this, this Houston situation is another name I'd look at if I'm like, Houston. Oh, yeah. Oh, just just like. 
the one problem with Houston's championship window because next year very well could be their year, but Chris Paul is on like fucking life support. At which point. is why, which is why I think that the one guy that they should look at is someone who's not technically a free agent, I believe, but they should look at Jeff Teague because hmm. I think that Minnesota will buy him out. He doesn't really fit in with their plans. Uh, he might actually be a free agent now. I don't remember, but um. But yeah, I think that Jeff Teague, he's 30 years old. I think that he is a really good point guard. I think that he I, could fit with that team. I love that idea. Actually, also, if the, if there's, I don't, with contracts and stuff like that, I think this is a hard fit. But I could actually see someone like Patty Mills. And he was like, that's, I feel like, I like, he, like he, yeah, he and Jeff Teague, that's like the, that's the kind of player that yeah, they Jeff need. Teague, to, yeah, Jeff Teague system. has one more year on his contract for $19 million. Ooh, I think yikes. I think that I think that uh he, I think that Minnesota will either try to buy him out or trade him. Jeff T for nineteen million. Oh yeah. Uh, I think I think we summed up the Rockets' future pretty well. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Let, so let's let's get into some quick, very quick, because there's not really much to talk about here. The the, the conference finals here. Uh-huh. Uh Golden State up two zero. Milwaukee up two zero. Not, neither of that, neither of those shock me. I think that Golden State wins in four, and I think that Houston, or sorry, Milwaukee wins in five. I'll give the Blazers a game out of respect, but at the end of the That's day, fair. I can't really, I can't really talk about the series because I haven't watched a game. Like, here's Uh-oh. the thing, Blazers. <laughs> unless you win a game, like, why am I spending my time watching this? Like, <clears throat> excuse me. They were me. competitive last game. They just kind yeah, of blew like, it at the end. Yeah, I, I, I saw, I saw some of the highlights from that, but at the end of the day, this is. Shit, I'd rather watch than the Warriors win again. You know, I watched some shouts out to Nikki Jam El Ganador on on Spanish Netflix. I'm on getting that illegally from my man Forrest. Shouts out to shouts out to him. You know, this this I could I could fucking watch Love and Hip Hop if I wanted to. I'm not trying to watch. I'm obviously not trying to watch that because you know this is kind of trash nowadays. But anyway, like there's just better. I just rather do different things. Eat trail mix. You know, oh go to the God. gym. <laughs> Trail mix or trailblazers. Anyway, <laughs> trail um, mix. That's, that's that's the answer for you. Anyway, both, in the... both are winning the same amount of games versus the Warriors. And <laughs> <laughs> in, in the East, it's pretty much the same story. Yeah. Is when the when the Raptors lost last round. As far as Siakam looks petrified. Yeah, here's and here's, here's my showing on up. this series, and okay. you can you can tell me if you agree or not. Okay, because this I this is kind of a hot take. Mm-hmm. I think the. Kawhi is the best player on the series in the series, but Milwaukee is a complete juggernaut. I agree. I I just I oh my god! I, and and I acknowledge Giannis is going to win MVP this year. Yeah, I so. still think Kawhi is better. I agree. If I'm if I'm talking like one on like not one on one, obviously, but winner take all. If they had the same roster, I'm not. I'm, I'm taking Kawhi. I still I still think you know as far as someone who's won a, won a chip, obviously, and. Just what he showed last round. Not that Giannis hasn't been great in the playoffs, but yeah. I don't know. I, just, I still get, give Kawhi just a tiny bit of an edge. Yeah, and I don't even know why I do that because I acknowledge that every stat is in Giannis's favor and Gian, Giannis is going to win MVP. He might win Defensive Player of the Year this year as well. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I just I just I pick Kawhi and I don't know what it is. But I just it's just something about that he's been there before. And but yeah, mm-hmm. but, but, but Milwaukee's winning in five. All right. Last uh, last topic here. This is our big topic. This is the topic that I am so excited to talk about, and Most I know you definitely. are too. Nah, it's gonna. I'm 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 hype. I'm very hype. Let's do it. The single most wild NBA draft lottery of all time. 
what just happened? So so we're going down. We're going down. Did you watch the draft lottery? Nah, I got better things to do. I rather just oh, watch okay. the summary afterwards. I don't know. <laughs> I well, I watched. I watched. Um, I took a little break from studying for accounting, and I watched that. <laughs> Damn, accounting. It's not. Doesn't sound and, like. That's, that's definitely bad, right? Managerial accounting. Yeah, it's lovely, but. Uh, <laughs> But um, but yeah. So Boston gets the 14th pick. Uh, didn't love that. Miami, Charlotte, Minnesota. None of those were shocking. Mm-hmm. Atlanta at number 10 from the Dallas Mavericks, which means that the Luka Doncic, Trey Young trade is Luka for Trey Young in the 10th pick. So I'll take somehow, Luka, thank you. <laughs> so so somehow, Dallas didn't get their pick tonight. But wow, are they winners? Yeah, they really were. I mean, his like Trey Young. He, he's something you could. I mean, still you can. If you're a Trey Young stand, you can still talk yourself into Trey Young. Oh, of being course, nice Trey Young. Trae and, Young and had a really is, good season last year. This is this is nothing against Trey Young. Trey Young is really good. He shocked me. I didn't think he was going to be this good. Yep. But Luca is Luca is just on a completely. Luca is going to be the best player on multiple championship contending teams. I mean, I'm not gonna say that just because. I mean, who know who who what the hell, who the hell knows what's gonna happen with the Mavericks? Like, is just completely self implode and Cuban can do a crappy job. Who knows? But okay, well, I mean, he definitely has that. He definitely has that potential. I think he definitely will be that guy. And Luca, well, Luca's okay, just fantastic. Okay, like, He's incredible. Okay, so so, He's so incredible. let me rephrase this day, way: If I told you right now that Luca retires with three Finals MVPs, would you believe me? I mean, three Finals MVPs is a lot of Finals MVPs, but I mean, I would be more inclined. I would believe that more than Trey Young has three Finals MVPs. Okay, well, whatever. So, <laughs> fine. I'm, so no, I, anyway. think, I, I believe in Luca the same. I just look at NBA titles and stuff with more skepticism because so many other things can go differently. That's fair. You know, that's, that's just fair. the way. I, yeah, it's just, it's a difference of perspective. Yeah, no, that's that's totally fair. So. So, yeah, anyway, so, Mavericks won the trade. Mavericks yeah, won the Maverick, trade. Mavericks Mavericks completely won the trade. And then after that, um coming in at the what pick are we now? Ninth pick, Washington. They drop three slots. And three slots. Oh my god. It's just that's that's just terrible luck for Washington. I guess, you know, it has to balance out though, just because um not that I watch the NFL, of course, but um they, the, I heard the Redskins did get lucky because the Giants are just, it's, it's just, it's yeah, just Redskins, Redskins got the best quarterback in the draft. So yeah, the Red Sox, Redskins, Redskins got a good quarterback exactly, and this kind of just balanced out the. Or sorry, second best, team. obviously Kyler Murray's number one, but he went number yeah, one. They, so so they, I, they, I meant other than. Up. Yeah, who does um, build like a fucking tank? Yeah. So after that, after that, Atlanta's own draft pick falls three slots to number eight. <laughs> And you know, I, here's the thing: like Atlanta had a bad night. Atlanta had a bad night, but you know, I think that they've proven as far as with guys like Herder, my guy Torian Prince. I think Atlanta has proven to to do some. They've been able to do some good scouting. Also, like just finding Alex Len off the scrap heap. Yep. Like you know, I think I think Atlanta's definitely showing that they do have some scouting chops and whatnot. So at least yeah, having we'll eight and ten picks. As far as that, here's the thing with this draft, I think that this is one of the drafts where you. We're having two two uh, late lottery picks is actually a good thing, just because after the first three, and yeah. I, here's the thing: I'm not even a big RJ Barrett fan, but after the first three, the talent level drops off, and you're essentially just taking swings, yep. swings for the fences at guys. Yeah, so, I mean, there, there there's a lot of guys that could be good, but there's not like that guarantee. 
And actually, if I'm Atlanta, this is if I'm Atlanta, this is the draft. I have pick number eight, and I have pick number ten. I'm trying to trade down. This is the draft where you trade down. You have to look at your draft board, and you're obviously you're when you're when you're drafting, you're evaluating every single player in the draft, and you need to look. Is your evaluation of the guy that you can get at at, at let's say you were going to trade up to number six, is the guy that you can get at number six a high enough value that it's not worth what you can trade down and pick at let's say fourteen? Yeah, look at the Giants. They could have traded down yeah. and got and got that dude in like I don't know the second round or something, right? Yeah. So so you have to look at your draft board and you have to be like, okay, let's say, let's say so the let's say Atlanta is picking at number eight and they say, okay, I see Kobe White. Mm-hmm. Um, do they value Kobe White ten picks higher than let's say Nasir Little? Well, you, I don't you know, know what I mean. I kind of would. I players, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not a huge Nas little fan. You gotta learn how to shoot something, bro. Yeah. But um, but, but you, uh, know, you know what I mean. It's like, it, this it, is the draft to trade yeah, down. I, I completely agree. Like, and with those two picks, if you, they did trade down, they could just take a swing from this like bull bull and just see what happens. Yeah, you know why not? So, so then after that, it's Chicago at number seven, also falling three slots. <laughs> Huge loser, especially a team that still has Chris Dunn as a starting point guard. Like, oh, yeah, man. yeah, they 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 gotta get a point guard here. They if I'm them, I'm trying to trade up actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and if if they can, and just because I think that there's a chance that maybe Memphis could trade that number two pick. Mm. Um, and I think I think that if you could maybe get like a, I think that if you call Memphis and you say we'll give you number seven. And Wendell Carter for number two, Memphis right. is at least taking a meeting about it. I, I agree, definitely. And also, um, a lot of people are high on the Darius Garland out of Vanderbilt. And yeah, at the end of the day, I can't be very high. I can't be that high on anybody who play, who's played like four college games. That's fair. It's just it's just like kind of a red flag. Also, when you're injured for the entire year, like yeah, there's there's a few point guards in this kind of area. There's Darius Garland. There's Kobe White. But then after that, there's not another point guard for a while in this draft that's projected at least. The next point guard isn't projected until about pick number 30. Yeah. So they have to walk away with one of those three. I agree. If they I like agree. one of those three, that is. Mm-hmm. Next Ideally team. Ideally someone who will be passed first yeah. with that kind of offense. Next team is another team that needs a point guard that's ahead of them. The Phoenix Suns. Also, also dropping three slots. <laughs> Phoenix Suns aren't taking a point guard. Let's be let's be honest here. They're getting they're, they're getting Terry Rozier in free agency. Yeah, like <laughs> it's, it's like well, why would they need a point guard? I mean, also also even if they don't get him, why is Phoenix going to take a point guard? That would be rational. Yeah, that's true. But I like Monty Williams. <laughs> I have faith in him. But he's also not the one controlling player personnel. So we'll see. Yeah. Up next, also falling three slots. One, two, three, four, five teams in a row fell three slots. Mm-hmm. Cavaliers at number five, and in the single cruelest irony of everything, the pick right in front of them at number four is the Lakers. So the Lakers get a higher pick than them and LeBron. It's it's uh, yeah it's uh, I, don't, I I'm just gonna let that simmer. I don't really have anything to say to no, it just, <laughs> say it's about just cruel. that. Yeah, just cruel. yeah. It's 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 pretty it's it's pretty funny. So, also with the, with a team like the Cavs, like. That's a team that really did need just because of the lack of talent in a lot of areas that they have that they needed to get in the top three as far as yeah. – I don't know about the 
RJ Barrett, Colin Sexton fit. That's, that's pretty troubling, but I mean, at RJ least Barrett's not flipping that far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> RJ Barrett's going number three at the latest. And, and the problem, like we'll get to the Lakers next pick is that when you're four or five in this draft, you're trying to talk yourself into Cam Reddish. Can he shoot? Will he be yeah, the problem, Jeff Green uh, with, with better draft, defense? The problem with this draft is you're taking a dude at number five. Like let's say you take DeAndre Hunter at number five. Yeah. Who is a very capable kind of three and D kind of guy, but now you're drafting him expecting him to be a star. Yes. And that's the problem of this draft. Um, I agree. So number four, we, like we just said, the Lakers. So for those, for, for people that don't watch the NBA draft, like you didn't this year, but you know how it works when yeah. you get to pick number four, they take a commercial break. Yes. So we go into commercial break and the four teams left are the Lakers, the Knicks, the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. I'm freaking out. I am absolutely free. I'm like, I'm sitting there in the library, just like, oh my God, they're going to fucking give the Lakers the number. They're going to give them Zion. They're going to give the Lakers. And I'm like freaking, I'm like, this is so rigged. Like how on earth does this happen? And like, I know this isn't rigged. Like, like you can watch how they do the draft lottery and it's with ping pong balls now. And it's like matching of numbers and stuff. And it, you, you can't rig this, I think. Yeah. But like I'm sitting there and I'm like, they could have figured out a way to rig this. This is insane. How the hell are you gonna tell me the Lakers are gonna are gonna jump eleven spots and get the number? I'm freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> so number four pick comes. They announce that the Lakers get it. They move up seven slots. I'm like, oh thank God, because this is a three player draft pretty much. Yeah. Um, or it's supposed to be a three player draft. It, obviously, someone. And this happens every year. Someone is going to go five, six, seven, eight, nine, or ten, and it's going to be like, "How did no one guess that Jackson Hayes was going to be a superstar?" Obviously, he had all the, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It happens every year. So definitely. But, but yeah. So they announced them at number four. Thank God. The funny thing about this Lakers situation is now that the Lakers are essentially in the same situation, almost in the same situation as the Cavs were last year, as far as do we draft this guy and think more about our future. Or do we just trade the pick to appease LeBron? Because LeBron doesn't want to play with uh, some twenty-year-old. No, no. And now here's the thing: Cam Reddish, clutch client. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that. That's crazy. Oh God, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. This could end up being really funny. Oh, this will end up being really funny. Let's so just somehow, be. Let's be fucking frank and earnest here. Somehow, somehow this all, this going up this high almost hurts the Lakers because now they have like. Six million more dollars in cap space accounted for with the draft with the draft pick hold. Uh-huh. So somehow it almost hurts them. It's it's bizarre. It's bizarre, and I wouldn't be surprised if the the, the Lakers, even if the Lakers draft, I would be I would be shocked if they do if they make a good pick. Like why do we th- why what evidence, especially in the recent drafting history? Not that the recent recent drafting history has been terrible because they actually did pick Julius Randle and Dangelo Russell. They just have no idea how to develop a player. And when LeBron they're, is there, drafting, you can't develop players when LeBron good. is there. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, their their drafting has been pretty bad, and I know that D'Angelo Russell has blossomed into an All Star, uh-huh. but that was not a great pick. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, you you look at some of the guys that went after him, and it just it was. I mean, it wasn't great. They they passed on who? They passed on Kristaps Porzingis. They passed on. Uh oh my god I'm drawing a total blank on who was in this draft but Simmons draft no this this was two this was uh 2005 or sorry uh, 2015 oh yeah 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 uh but anyway but they they passed on a few players to take him and mm-hmm. I 
didn't love the draft. Okay, so yeah, they passed on Kristaps. They passed on Devin Booker. Uh, that's I mean that's pretty much it. Actually. Rather have D'Angelo for Devin Booker for the for the record, but well, that's, um, fair. that's fair. But anyway. anyway, anyways, yeah. So their their drafting has been bad, and then they drafted uh, and Lonzo is not. Not the a bad draft pick. draft pick. That's not a that's not a bad draft pick. I I will die saying that. I you saw are... him in college. I wasn't all in, but someone's court vision like that, and Lonzo still has a ton of potential. I I think that if Lonzo doesn't pan out, it will either because it will either be because just because you know Lavar was a dumbass, or because uh, the Lakers just hadn't have no idea how to develop players. Like well, well, I, I, really, well, I actually do believe in Lonzo. Here's, here's my Lonzo take. Mm-hmm. When, because you know, I did not like him coming out of college. Well, y- yes, but you always harbored a resentment against him because of your hatred of the Ball family. That's fair. That's fair. But here's my <laughs> take: if if I if there's a draft and you're the number two pick in the draft, and in a redraft there are ten guys I would take ahead of you, then it's a bad pick. Yeah, it's it's valid. It's valid. I wouldn't take ten guys ahead of Lonzo, but I know I completely understand where you're coming from. And do we need to go through the 2017 draft? Because I will do that right now. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Let's do it. You want you want to go through quickly? Okay, let's hold do it. on. Let's do it. Hold on. All right, this 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 is a little bit of an impromptu <laughs> on below the or sorry on the scores table. Wow, his throwback name. Okay, here we go. <laughs> These are all the players I'd rather take than Lonzo. Okay. That went after him because obviously the only player that went ahead of him is Markel, and but we don't even have to get into Markel Fultz. Yeah. But by the way, Markel Fultz. Every team was taking him number one. Yes. Except, for the, sure except for the Celtics. Except for the Celtics, obviously. Uh, Tatum, I would take over him. Yes. De'Aaron Fox. Yes. Lori Markkinen. Yes. Jonathan Isaac. Uh, damn close. I don't know. I don't Donovan know. I still, maybe I might, I, just because there's so many wings in the NBA nowadays, I don't know. We still have to, the jury's still out on Jonathan Isaac, even oh, though I'm, I do really I'm like I'm really high on Jonathan Isaac. I, like, I, don't, I really like Jonathan Isaac, too, but the jury's still out on him. We don't he's completely... got like a seven six wingspan. He's a small forward. This dude can lock up. Yes, but I the like jury's still out on him. I'm just saying that he's That's not a fair. finished project. We still need to see what he becomes if he becomes better than this, and I think he will be. I have, I'm a That's Jonathan fair. Isaac fan. That's but... fair. All right. Dennis Smith Jr.? No, oh, 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 I say oh, no. I say no. no. Zach Collins. Yes. No. I say yes. Donovan Mitchell. Zach, Zach Collins is really good, but big men are replaceable. Um, <laughs> Donovan Mitchell, I take him, yes. Yes. Bam, Bam Adebayo, yes. No. John Collins, yes. Yes. Jared Malik Allen. Bunk. Yes. No. Jared <laughs> Allen, yes. No, 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 no. Okay, I love my man Jarrett, but big men are replaceable. I love Jarrett. I think he's going to be even better than he is now. Don't get me wrong. I think he's going to keep getting better because he's a hard worker. Jarrett, we love you. Brooklyn, we're here. But I'm taking Lonzo over Jarrett. If this is a redraft, I'm taking Lonzo. I'm not. OG Ananobi. <laughs> are you serious? I'm taking Lonzo. I'm OG Ananobi, I, I, I like him. I like Kyle him. Kyle Kuzma. We can be <laughs> what? Of course, I'm taking Lonzo over Kyle Kuzma. I like Kyle Kuzma, but like I said, with big men, he's replaceable. I'd rather have Rudy Gay than Kyle Kuzma. I could pay Rudy Gay like four million dollars a year. Okay, these are all things I disagree with, but whatever. Um, and then I mean, yeah, the rest of the draft is whatever. I mean, Derek White, eh. 
Um, oh come on! Oh, I just said I just said ah, like I wouldn't. I'm talking. Okay, yeah, I'm talking about if if maybe we knew a little bit of what we know now, but I, like if I were to do the draft again and I didn't know all the outcomes for these players and I had like a good. No, I'm talking about what you would do now. <laughs> I'm thinking more in a redraft sense. If you're drafting for potential, yeah, or yeah. Draft- if you're redrafting and knowing what you know now, that's what a redraft okay, okay, is. Okay, okay, okay. No, no, no. I stand by. All right, saying. next. I stand next. By Next, next draft pick, number three. Knicks fell to number three. Okay. That's a tough one. <laughs> oh, man. Here's the thing. I, I, here's a, I wish bad luck on Knicks fans for one more year because I think in one more year, Dolan's going to sell the team. I, I, I never wish bad luck on New York things. Don't get me wrong. I love Knicks fans, but I don't know. I just think that Dolan's almost out, and if the Knicks are bad for one more year, I think that he would sell the team. Okay, that's fair. Because the, here's the thing: the Knicks will obviously never win a championship as long as Dolan is the owner. Well, so no. So you, and, but, but here's the actually here's the thing. Let me let me get off of this. The the interesting thing about this pick is that we we discussed this a little bit over text. As far as the Knicks with the third pick still have, I still think I would take the Clippers pick. The, I mean the Clippers draft uh, Hall just because um, I'm such a huge Landry Shamit fan. Mm-hmm. But Knicks still have a damn good package if the Pelicans do want to trade AD, and rumor is he still does want to be traded. So you could put put the third pick with Kevin Knox, and I don't I don't know I don't know who, but you the, the Knicks do have pieces there. But yeah. why would you want RJ Barrett and Zion to play together again in in New Orleans if you're David? Why? Let's oh, I would absolutely want that if I'm New Orleans. You don't want that? They both can't shoot. This is why I'd want that. Number one. Zion is not thrilled about going to New Orleans. Um, and if I, by the way, if I'm if I'm David Griffin and I can't get that Godfather Celtics offer for Anthony Davis, my second option is to try to get him to Toronto and get back Pascal Siakam. I agree. But my third option is, um, well, it depends on, depends on what the Clippers offer, but that one's a little bit tougher just because Wait, I don't. We'll see. SGA and Shannon. I just, uh, I'd almost, I'd almost rather have RJ and Knox. I don't really just, want Kevin Knox. He's, I think he's Rudy Gay. That's fair. That's fair. But here's, here's the reason why I like, why I like RJ and Zion. They're really good friends. They have a chemistry on and off the court. They, how and, much chemistry do they have on the court? They Those guys didn't look together a lot of the time. Yeah, they look good when they're beating up on bad teams, but there, there were definitely some, definitely some hiccups, and you need. I feel like with Zion, you need floor spacing. R.J. Barrett is going to take the ball out of his hands. I agree. But I, I, I like R.J. Barrett. Don't get it twisted. But I want the ball in Zion's hands if I'm drafting him, not R.J. Barrett's. And R.J. Barrett's going to keep the ball a hell of a lot of the time. Well, that's fair. That's fair. I'm just talking about in terms of getting him excited about going to New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, there's there's good things in New Orleans. You know, got some barbecue. Got some I want to I want to read you. A, I want Beyonce's I wanna... got roots in New Orleans, I think, because she's from Houston. But you know, the Creole people, a lot of Creole people in New York, in New Orleans, beautiful, a lot of beautiful women. Okay, I'm sure, so, you know, so jazz. I want to read you a player stats. <laughs> I want to read you a, a player stats, and I want you to tell me if you want this guy on your team. Yeah, I really didn't do a great job on selling you on New Orleans, did I? <laughs> eh, I don't want to go to New Orleans, but okay. <laughs> So th- this, this, is, this is this player stats. This is this player stats. Mm-hmm. They are, they shoot thirty eight percent from the field, thirty one percent from three point, forty three percent from the free throw line, Ooh. and they've missed eighty games over the last two seasons. Ooh. 
and their team is eight points per game better when they're on the on the on the bench. Yikes! Do you want this guy on your team? No. All right. Well, that that was Lonzo. <laughs> Just felt like throwing that in there. Okay, back it's, to the lottery. You know, here's the thing. Lance, here's the thing. Lonzo, I would do, I do dislike Lonzo a little bit because he was holding my man Lance Stevenson back. Oh my god. And Lance Stevenson was holding Lonzo back a little bit too. You sound like Ricky Davis when they just, like, the Cavs drafted LeBron. <laughs> Next pick. Next I pick. I do anything. John Morant. So much. You, you know. John Morant moves up. Brooklyn. Okay. Oh, sorry. Yes. Sorry. Memphis. Memphis moves up. Gets the second pick in the draft. They move up six slots. Uh-huh. Wow. Are they winners? They now get to take John Morant or R.J. Barrett, whatever one they decide. Um, and honestly, I can kind of see their rationale for either i would take jaw i would too okay and then i would i would trade mike conley get some wings for mike conley you've got jackson get the wings from conley um you've got morant there obviously my man bruno caboclo um joking maybe who knows i don't know i really like what they're building in memphis already yeah i, I, just I, and love I think of morant and jjj Fantastic. Yeah, that yeah, Ja and Jaron Jackson Jr. instantly becomes my favorite young duo in the league. Yes. Um so that was huge that Memphis got them. However, if they decide that they want to run Mike Conley for the next few years and they take RJ Barrett, um, I'm not gonna say it's a bad idea, but I'll I'll just say I do like Mike Conley a lot. Here's the thing. You can still if you want to keep Conley, you can still draft Ja. I think yeah, they can no. play together. I think they can play together. I don't know if they can play together as much as Mike can help him out. Because Mike is only 31. He's not, like, that that old. Yeah. No, I and agree. It, I agree. But I think, that, I think there's going to be a is. huge market for Mike Conley. I think that Indiana, Utah, maybe even the Lakers, if they strike out everywhere else. Somebody's going to lose in free agency. There's going to be a few big losers. Yeah. And, and, and I, think that if, I think that if you're ending up with Mike Conley on your team this offseason, that's not a bad scenario yeah it's not it, it, it no he's, he's even still, though he gets paid a lot of money I agree. all right and the team that wins the nba draft lottery after the 29th smallest market in the league or 29th biggest market in the league wins the second pick the 30th biggest market in the league wins the first pick man zion williamson going to the pelicans they have the number one pick wow is david I, griffin the luckiest man alive Man, you know, he really might be. I, I, I have no idea. Talk about just finding gold in a shit mine or something. I don't, I don't know what the needle in the... Not, I, I'm, okay, there's an there's a, there's a expression I'm trying to find here, but yeah. <laughs> I'm not finding it just because of how much David Griffin lucked out by taking that job over like the Wizards or the Suns or I something wanna, like that. I mean, I wanna, wow. Okay, I want to s- spend the rest of this podcast talking about if you are David Griffin... What are you doing now? I, I, I'm, I'm trading Anthony Davis to the Clippers, but I'm not. Here's the thing. There's a, there's a damn good. Here's the thing. I actually don't think David Griffin can make a wrong move here. If you trade no, AD I, while his value is still high, you can get a very nice package from the Clippers. You can get something from the Knicks. I mean, who knows about the Celtics Godfather offer? There's still, there's still good offers out there that you can get for AD now. And build around Zion, but at the same time, you still got Drew Holiday there. 
Why not? You still got Etuan Moore, I guess. You know, you you've still got pieces there. There's a there's a real case to be made for just running it back with AD and Zion. And if you know the trade trade deadline comes, if maybe even January comes, and AD is still like, yeah, playing with Zion's nice. Like we're pretty good, but like I still wouldn't resign here. Then you make the trade then, and maybe yeah. you, you will get less value. But I, I think that either one of those moves, I don't have a problem with. Yeah. So here, yeah, I I agree. And here's what I think that they should do. Mm-hmm. You have to keep now. If the Celtics offer their grandfather offer, and let's say you can get Brown, Tatum, Smart, and draft picks, fuck yeah, you do that in a heartbeat. Yes, you run away with that, and next year your starting lineup is Drew, Jalen, Jason, Zion, and someone else. In other words, the eighth seed. In other words, that's a really good team on the mm-hmm. that you've just built on the fly. Yes, with your sixth man. With their sixth men being Etwan Moore and Mark and and Marcus Smart, mm-hmm. <laughs> like pretty that's nice. a that's a. In the words of Larry team. David, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, and especially if you can get the Celtics to give up like Robert Williams as well. Yeah, why not? Night, I think another year of development for him will be good. And now suddenly, I think that the Pelicans have a have a really good young team. You know what the best part of the Zion thing is? What's that? Now it's almost set in stone. Julius Randle is a free agent. Brooklyn, let's go. Well, he has a player option. Yeah, he's de- you know he's declining the shit out. Of I, I think he's declining it too. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Thank you. Bingo. Fulton yeah. Street, let's get it. So, because right now the Pelicans only have a few guys under contract. Mm-hmm. They have Drew, Ad, Solomon Hill, who's an expiring now, which means he, <laughs> which means he's an expiring now, and he actually has a little bit of value. Shocking. Etwan Moore, Julius Randle as a player option, Stanley Johnson as a team, as a qualifying offer. They can just get rid of him and pretend that never happened. It's a decline. <laughs> Jaleel Okafor, team option for a very yes. little amount. Bring him yes. back. You got to bring him back. Check Diallo. Try to bring him back. He's restricted. Well, in the words of Ice Cube, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. But yeah, but the Pelicans <laughs> could very easily build a quick team here. Or what I think that they should do. There's a few good cheap small forwards available that you could get. Yeah. So what I think that they should do is you start the year and you say, you know what? It, you bring you bring AD, Drew, and Zion into a room mm-hmm. with Alvin Gentry and David Griffin. You say, I think that you three can be the best big three in the league because they can. I mean, if Zion's as good as people think he might be. Yeah. Let's say, let's say Zion next year Seasonable. averages sixteen and nine. Okay. Which is, I feel like is, is is a reasonable expectation. I think it's an extremely reasonable expectation. I think I think that he'll exceed that. I think probably he'll far so. exceed that. I'll probably put, especially if, I'll probably especially put if him AD's at, not there. Probably if, if oh if AD's not there, forget about it. But if AD is there, I I definitely put him at like sixteen and ten. Yeah. Yeah. So, what team has a better big three than Zion, AD, Drew Holiday? And Drew Holiday is so slept on. It's not even funny. Yeah, yeah. Drew, Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is like the most is the least talked about top thirty guy in the league. No, I agree. Yes, facto. So, so yeah. So I think that they should that they should literally just say we want you. This is if the Celtics don't offer that grandfather offer. Yeah. Um. Then you say we want you three to lead this team, and you just let it go because I think that once you get to the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. 
the Knicks offer and the Lakers offer is still going to be there. And the reason is, is because the team that he gets traded to out of both of them is the team that he will resign with too. Mm-hmm. So that, I for agree. them, that value is still there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you go till the trade deadline and then you say to AD, like the day before the trade deadline or a few days before, this we're in the fifth seed in the West. We can offer you another year and seventy million more dollars than any other team, or whatever it is, forty million more dollars than any other team. Yeah. You want to come back or no? All of a sudden, the New Orleans barbecue smelling pretty good. Suddenly, I think, you know. suddenly, you know the Pelican. <laughs> the Pelicans are riding an eight-green win streak. Anthony Davis is feeling good. Yeah. He commits to resigning. Yeah, smoothie queen arena. Let's do it. And that, and I think that's the best case scenario. You, I say, I say, if you're them, you play it out. And if it doesn't work, then you, then you pin the Lakers and the Knicks against each other. You say whoever offers a better deal by midnight gets AD, and then you just go from there. No, I agree. I just, I, I feel like, I feel like trading AD now versus trading him at the trade deadline is going to bring you the same package, unless no, the Lakers panic and suddenly offer everything under the moon for for Bradley Beal. I don't really, I don't really wouldn't, uh, how much would you, t- if, if you're the Wizards GM, whoever that may be, um, or if you're Ted Leonsis, I mean, I don't know, would you really want what the Lakers have to offer? At this point, you've got Brandon Ingram, who might have a heart attack, um, Kuzma, yeah. who's Kuzma, and Lonzo, like, I don't want that, really. Yeah, just, and the number, and the number four pick, who it's like, who? okay, I guess? <laughs> like, it's not really that great Derek of a Culver? pick. Like, <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. So Tim Connolly, though, the Nuggets president, I believe mm-hmm. he's president. Um, the the Wizards just offered him a huge contract to become their new president of basketball operations. And mm-hmm. Tim Connolly's really good at his job. So, he yeah, well, he built he built Denver. Yeah. Good. So let's, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Washington. Let's get the Wizards back. So if they if they could get him, that would be great. But yeah. I just I feel like I feel like if I'm if I'm the Wizards, I'm keeping Bradley Beal unless you get like an offer. That's yeah. I just don't like the Lakers' offer anymore. It's a bad. It's not a good offer. Like why because should I like this offer? No. I mean, I mean, Kuz, Kuzma's what? Like he's going to be twenty five or twenty six or something. Twenty five, I think. Yeah. Uh oh no, he's going to be sorry. He's going to be twenty four, twenty five. I don't, shit, I don't remember. Now. Anyway, whatever. He's, yeah. he's around like 25. Um, so he pretty much is what he is, uh-huh. which is a bad three-point shooter who gets buckets but can't – you know what I mean? Yeah, I was about to sh- almost shout out Rudy Gay for like the fifth time this episode. <laughs> yeah, you've been on a Rudy Gay love trip on this episode. <laughs> Brandon Ingram has blood clot issues. And by the way, I think Brandon Ingram actually is pretty good. I think that he's better than pe- people give him credit for. A nice season. Like, I really like Brandon Ingram, actually. But, but if you're a team, are you touching him at all right now? Yeah, I need, like, I need, like, a, give him a pacemaker or something. I, <laughs> I don't know what. Blood like, clots are terrifying. I'm staying away from Ingram. Yeah. And then Lonzo, besides the fact that he can't shoot, and I'm already not very high on him, then you're also dealing with his father. And if you are a team looking to rebuild and create a new culture and everything under the butt under the sun, do you want LeVar Ball involved in your culture? 
Why not? Bring, bring along LiAngelo. I can draft LaMelo in a year. Why not? That's Let's not do that. it. That's exactly Family reunion. That. <laughs> Family reunion. Um, but yeah, and it's just like the fourth pick. It's like, what was that going to be? Like Jarrett Culver or, or DeAndre Hunter? It's like, I just, I don't love that trade. Yeah, you're getting a role it's player. Funny. It's funny because my, my favorite piece of that trade yeah. was Zubach. <laughs> Zubach, yes. Fantastic. And they traded them to the Clippers, so who knows? For Mike Muscala. Anyway, anyway, we, we, we got to wrap it up around here. But th- this was a crazy draft. So I'm going to end with this question right here to you. I, Did this draft solve tanking? No, because three always... teams with the highest odds got pick number three, pick number five, and pick number six. At the end of the day, I think, you know, no matter what sport it is, no matter what lottery systems are in place, people are always going to, teams are always going to come to the terms with the fact by February that, you know, we suck. And. We have a better chance at a lottery ball bouncing our way than being delusional and making the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I think <coughs> Mitch Kupchak. <coughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah, here's 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 my opinion on this, and I feel like, I feel like we have the same opinion. Yes, you will see a lot less complete bottoming out from day one. Yeah, you will not see teams like the Knicks, the Cavs, the Bulls. Uh, Dal or sorry, not Dallas. Uh, Phoenix just being like, we want to be as bad as possible. You're gonna see much less of that. Mm-hmm. That being said, you are going to see much less teams like the Nets, like Orlando, like Detroit, like the Clippers, and whatever, and Sacramento making those last minute efforts to get the eighth seed. You're gonna see a lot more teams being like, would I rather have the sixth, seventh, and eighth seed, or would I rather have a chance of the number one pick. And that's what happens when a team like the Lakers, who finished in the 10th seed, got the fourth pick in the draft. You are going to see teams bottoming out. You're going to see towards the middle of the season, not from the beginning. You're going to see someone like suddenly LeBron is missing the last four weeks of the year with a a calf strain or a a sore knee. You're going to see a lot more teams like, like, for instance, the Nets finished tied with Orlando. They finished six or Orlando finished seven. Yes. Yeah. So you're going to see a lot more the Nets just being like, or the Orlando being like, you know what? Take it. We're just going to tank the last two weeks. Good, good. I, I, I saw you. You corrected yourself, Will. You're about to say the Nets. Oh, we don't do that over here, Will. Um, I, I took a step free back. podcast. Adam boy. Adam boy. Back. But you're, you're <laughs> going to see a team be like, I'd rather have a 5% chance of the number one pick than to win one game in the first round of the playoffs. Breaking news. Nikola Vucevic kidnapped. So <laughs> do, you, do you agree with that take? Yeah, yeah, they're gonna say like you just it's gonna be the the made up injuries are gonna be crazy. Uh, yeah, so, you know, Joel Embiid has polio. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, probably the one probably one ailment he hasn't had in the last month. But... That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> All right. Any other anyway. any other concluding thoughts here before we record? Our next podcast will be right before the NBA Finals, which means we will be predicting between Milwaukee and and Golden State. We're giving nothing away right now, but that's who it's gonna be most likely. Any other thoughts? Uh, no, let's, let's get it. Have fun with your girl in Soho. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, you take care. I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'll see you soon. And, uh, thanks for listening to this, this week's kind of late episode of, uh, the scores table. And I need you to put me onto some good, like nice eating date spots. Cause I know, I know, here's the thing. I know the great, the best food spots, but I'm trying to take this one girl out very beautiful in New York on a date. So I need to, you know, I need to come correctly. 
So Ooh, yeah, all right, let me let me let me, yeah. let me do some thinking here. Depends Ooh, what area you want, but I have some ideas. Manhattan, <laughs> yeah, Soho area would be uh, yeah, that would be ideal. Yeah, so I'm not I was trying nice. to take a subway all around the city and shit. No, yeah, I got yeah. subway aren't subways aren't very romantic, you know. No, it's no, like it's kind, kind of a mood killer. While you're trying to hold the girl's hands, not really, <laughs> not, not great. All right, anyway, <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Scores Table. We'll be back right before the NBA Finals with our predictions. We're going to talk about all that kind of stuff. I'm sure more breaking NBA news will come out. More teams will be talking shit about Kyrie, and we'll have plenty to talk about here. <laughs> all <laughs> See right, you later. see you later. Thanks for listening.